1: What's in your pantry? That's
0: right. Today's episode was suggested by listener Mish and listener Tom.
1: We were going to do this episode anyway, and then listener Tom wrote in and sort of sent us some spilled mail that really provided a framework for the whole episode. And if there's one thing we love, it's it's a framework. framework. That's right. Yeah.
0: So, Matthew, would you explain this framework or maybe read listener Tom's letter? Okay, I'm
1: going to read listener Tom's letter, and then we're going to go back through it and answer all of Tom's many questions. Great. Listener Tom writes, Over the years of listening to your fine podcast, I've built up quite the mental image of your guys' kitchens. Matthew, functional Japanese gray kitchen looking out over a wrought iron balcony and a leafy residential street. that sounds great. Yeah. Molly, white electric stove in the middle of a red carpeted dungeon basement.
0: (laughs) That doesn't sound quite as nice.
1: (laughs) But actually, I have no idea what they look like or what your setup is. What do your kitchens look like? How do you use your counter space? Is the kitchen a separate room or is it a kitchen slash diner? What's always within reach? How many knives are you working with? What are your go-to pots and pans, and why? What cooking stuff, condiments, salt, seasonings goes on the counter, and what's in the cupboard? Would love to update my frankly unhinged mental model. P.S. I am aware that describe the layout of your home is a top-tier burglar episode suggestion. Cheers from London, England, Tom. I would like. I would like to know, like, what? How? How would this help a burglar?
0: I know. I know. I feel like like windows are are a, a real burglar burglar bait burglar helper <laughs> <laughs> it's like hamburger I always keep helper. a box of
1: burglar helper at hand
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. oh my gosh i was so pleased with myself so our dog gilbert who is now uh well as he he mm, as of this taping no as of this episode he's about 10 months old he is like relentlessly interested in food mm-hmm. the good thing is like it makes him very trainable he will do anything for oh, nice. like for like the tiniest amount
1: of his of kibble Like, I think this probably makes me very trainable too I think so too yeah.
0: but also he will steal your food if you leave it I mean if you don't think one step ahead of Gilbert at all times, you're going to lose your food. Anyway, he recently stole. So Ash was craving a hamburger and I brought them home a burger from somewhere Mm -hmm. and Ash pushed it to the middle of the table while they got up to get something from the kitchen. And Gilbert managed to quickly get up somehow and steal the burger and basically eat the entire patty before Ash could Uh, pry it out of his mouth.
1: And did all of this without having a blueprint of your kitchen. That's
0: right. And the best part is is that it allowed me to call him the Hamburglar. And I was we, you thrilled. have a real life hamburger have a real life hamburger. Did
1: Ash think that was funny at we the time? We did both have
0: a little laugh <laughs> okay. after Ash stopped like I, st- yeah. seething. Like
1: even even like not being pregnant, I would have been so upset if, yeah. if my burger disappeared into a yeah. dog.
0: No, it's infuriating. Like But
1: but it's funny. I could, I could laugh at it because I wasn't there. Like
0: before I came here this morning, I pried three burp clods out of his mouth. Oh god. <laughs> okay, here we go.
1: Okay. So let's start with memory lane and then start going through Tom's questions, which I've done nothing to prepare for. This is just going to be based on me like looking around because we're in my kitchen slash diner, as Tom called it.
0: And this is going to be me looking around inside my mind. okay, To remember my own kitchen. I I haven't seen it in like an hour and a half or so.
1: (laughs) And you miss it and you're missing it already. Yep.
0: Yep. So memory lane. So are we specifically doing like what's in your pantry or are we doing kitchens of your kind
1: of kitchens of your.
0: Okay. So, you know, honestly, what comes to mind for me is my first apartment, all of my own here in Seattle. And it was at 67th and Roosevelt, mm-hmm. um, just north of the university district here right. in Seattle. And it was a one bedroom and it basically had like two rooms because the kitchen was separated. Did I, from... ever, was I
1: ever, did I ever visit you at this apartment? No, I no. moved out of
0: that apartment in 2006. Who did and... I
1: know who lived up over there?
0: I I don't know, but we've got to get to the bottom of this. Listeners,
1: if you lived there and I came to your house, let me know.
0: The kitchen was separated from the living room by, you know, just like a counter Mm -hmm. top type thing. But it was my first kitchen that was really all my own. And I did so much cooking and baking in it. But what I remember most fondly about it is that it had, I mean, this could have been a real source of annoyance, but it was shaped like a, a square U,
1: Sort of Mm -hmm. right? Yeah.
0: And in the two corners there were those corner cabinets. Sure. Yeah. But those corner cabinets didn't have anything to make them useful. Like you know how sometimes they have like a funky, like lazy Susan type thing in there? No, no. These just had like a shelf. And so the shelf like went around the corner. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Okay. But anyway, the shelf was adjustable in height. So you could take it out. And I remember when my mom was helping me move into the apartment, we both got sort of like the silly idea to put me in the cabinet Because we could take
1: the shelf. That is not what I thought you were, we were going to say at all. Well, the cabinet
0: was so big <laughs> and yeah. so pointless, and you could right, take no, the I shelf No, I know exactly out. what you mean,
1: that like, like you can't use most of the space you can, because you wouldn't be able to get yeah, to the Yeah, no, you
0: literally would have to like put your head in the cabinet and reach your arm like all the way around. Right. All this to say, I have fond memories of laughing with my mom as, as I crawled into the cabinet, and she closed the door, and we both had a good <laughs> giggle about it.
1: That's adorable.
0: But yeah, I also cooked so much in that kitchen. How old were you? I was 23. Nice. Yeah. I feel like people, you know, uh, uh, I'll talk more about this as we actually, I think both you and I might feel the same way, which is that the kinds of kitchens that people expect that we have in terms right. of amenities and space uh, is absolutely not what we have. And and I don't think it's a priority for me. Like, oh,
1: no, me neither. Yeah, like, but, this, is, this is fun. We should talk about this.
0: Yeah. So anyway, go on. We should do an
1: episode about this. We should do an episode, we about, this. Do an episode okay, about this. Okay, great. So I mainly remember the kitchen on uh, Southwest 46th Avenue in Portland that I where I lived from age like 11 to 18. It had an over-the-stove microwave that I remember um, that uh, my mom got at a yard sale for $20. Yes. And I remember it like sitting... On, I know I've talked about this on the show before, like like kind of sitting on the table or like in the basement or, or I would like, you know, a cord sticking out of it that had been like uh, like chopped off and had like some bare wires hanging out, waiting for uh, like our handy friend Mark to come over and help install it.
0: God, I love
1: this. And uh, and then, you know, he did a great job and like that was our microwave for like the whole time and worked great.
0: My microwave now, actually every microwave I have ever had has been a secondhand microwave. Mm-hmm. I had one in college that my dad bought at, for two ninety nine. It was called the Half Pint.
1: <laughs> sure.
0: And uh, my microwave now, Brandon bought at Goodwill somewhere and it's supposed to have one of the like little turntable th- plates. It it doesn't. Mm-hmm. So we put our food on just like the base of, that the plate <laughs> yeah, supposed yeah. to go on. And... I know what you mean. <laughs> anyway, So whatever. it's got some like
1: weird... Like, it's got uh, a little wobble dense yep yep the kitchen also had a door out onto the patio where the gas grill was where i would like go and grill myself a a snack cheeseburger when i was a hungry teenager that's perfect yeah it was (sighs) and uh one time i broke the window because i got i didn't have my keys and i got home and i wanted to get inside so i broke the kitchen window and and reached around and opened the door are you it was one of my finer moments I, i burgled my own house
0: Matthew, wait a minute. What, did you have like a sudden surge in testosterone? Did you turn into the Hulk? Or, like, I mean, I,
1: I was probably like 16. Wh- so yeah. Are you
0: broke. Did, how did you break the window? Did you like cover your fist like with your your I, sweatshirt and I punch it? I think I
1: probably used a rock. I think there was probably like a rock in the yard or you something. You broke
0: the window. Uh, yeah. Judy Amster, you long-suffering woman.
1: Uh, no, she she thought it was cute. She, it didn't bother her at all. Just kidding. <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, all right. Uh, all
1: okay. right, so so let's dig into to Tom's excellent questions.
0: Mm-hmm. Question number one, what do your kitchens look like? I mean, I'm going to try to keep this brief because as everyone knows, when I try to describe something, mm-hmm. it begins to look like an animatronic spider or something like that. Like, you
1: know what you should do is look for the telling detail.
0: Oh, Oh, you don't say. <laughs> so basically, my kitchen is largely straight from the year my house was born.
1: Yeah, when it came out of its, its mommy house.
0: Yeah, 1958. <sighs> um, the sink ha- sprung a leak in like 2015 and a friend came over and helped us tear out the sink Handy and, friend. and replace it. So we've got some like exposed, like unpainted, unfinished drywall and stuff. Anyway, all this to say, my kitchen is an amalgam of like Naughty pine cabinets.
1: Naughty pine cabinets.
0: Yeah. Yellow formica, uh, naughty pine drawers and cabinets, and then in like industrial, like restaurant sink, Mm -hmm. uh, a single compartment sink, and then two lengths of like restaurant prep table. So we have a fair amount of counter space, quite a lot of counter space. And I actually love working in my kitchen, but it is not at all what people expect because my stove is an electric stove, mm-hmm. as is Matthews. My stove is the original like hot point electric stove. I think probably from like nineteen sixty two. Two of the burners work properly. One of them doesn't work on high and yeah. and all the other ones like it's like um just a little cooler than the other burners. I need to
1: replace a burner. I'm having that problem with one of my burners and too. And
0: one of my burners has lost one of the prongs that makes it hold flat. Of course. So I have like a two and a half burner stove and it sits on top of one of the prep tables. It does? You, you don't remember this? No. So when, when we pulled it out of the, the Formica countertop it sat in when we were tearing out the
1: sink... Okay. Yeah. No. Our, I, it's because the oven is separate. Is that right? The oven is separate. Right, okay. And, and
0: the oven doesn't really fit in the. Com- so we had a really small, like, hot point oven that matched the stove. They're both uh, Harvest Gold. Or no. <laughs> yeah. No. Excuse me. The color is copper tone.
1: Oh. Okay. Does it um, Does it have like a coconutty smell?
0: <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but the 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 oven was really small, and when the oven died, and we were not able to get a heating element for it anymore. Brandon went out to like the ReStore or some salvage store in Seattle and bought a small oven to go there for like 200 bucks, Okay, like a little like black GE oven. Mm -hmm. And that is what I have been using for years now. And I have to say, I mean, so but just to to finish the picture of what my stove is. So you can imagine how if you were to look at a electric stovetop that is made to be like embedded in a countertop, Mm -hmm. Okay, it's got a whole bunch of like electrical stuff underneath it. Right. Picture it.
1: I'm picturing. Yeah. Like the the dark underbelly,
0: the dark underbelly. Well, so you can't just like rest it on a countertop.
1: Right. Because he, you'd, you'd like put pressure on the underbelly.
0: Right. So our friend Michael, who helped us like tear out our sink and, Your and handy and friend, Mike. our handy friend, Michael, he basically built like a box <laughs> that's like mm-hmm. seven or eight inches tall and the stove sits in the box. It's like, a, and it sits on top of the counter. So our stove is quite tall. Like if you're doing something like making toffee or something where you have to stir
1: for a long time. <laughs> Do you make a lot of toffee? Every Christmas. Yeah. Okay.
0: We like go get the stool out, like the the like little kid's stool sure. out of the yeah. bathroom and stand on it. The whole thing is so much jankier than people expect. And yet it all really like works for me. Yeah, it's totally fine. And one thing that I just want to add before we move on, that my friend Joe pointed out recently while sitting and like just observing me like working in the kitchen while we were having a conversation, is that everything in our kitchen is set up perfectly for someone who is right-handed. Oh, interesting. And I had never noticed this before. Joe is somebody who like really notices. He's
1: like, what's an example of that?
0: Well, so you know how when you are right-handed you do a lot of things you do a lot of kind of like basic things with your left hand so that you can do more dexterous tasks with your right okay hand. yeah yeah like imagine holding a holding like a toddler if you're yes. right-handed you usually hold the toddler on your left you're hip, right yeah right? I right so imagine i got one now so imagine you're cooking right it is so great for me for instance that my, well, like for instance, when I am standing at the like imbe- the butcher block that's embedded in part mm-hmm. of the formica counter, that I reach to the right to get my knives, that all the drawers are to the right. The sink is to my left. The fridge is to my right. So I turn, I open the fridge with my right hand, reach in with my left. When I'm cooking and I take something off the stove, it feels very natural, like the direction I turn my body to go to the sink to drain it. Yeah. And I'm very aware of the one thing in the room that is not in the right place, which is the dishwasher. Okay. The dishwasher is, it's like in the wrong place for my arm. Like when I'm washing dishes, I want to turn to the left to put the dishes down in the oh, dishwasher. that's what I do. Yeah, I yeah. have to turn to the right and okay. it feels so
1: wrong. To reach into the silent partner. That's right. Quiet partner, which I know you don't even have that anymore. <laughs> that's right.
0: Anyway, but all this to say, I'm like really not interested in spending the money, even if I had it, to redo the kitchen. I would much rather... I don't know, like have a bigger shower. Yeah. or something like uh, we have like, like two a,
1: two uh, shower spouts Oh,
0: I don't really even care about that but we have like a tiny like stall shower mm-hmm. you know that's like basically in total the size of like an airplane bathroom sure I mean it's so small and I could really go for a bigger shower sure but I just I my kitchen is fine
1: well we'll save we'll save this for the uh what's in your bathroom <laughs> so.
0: like like Brandon was over recently and he was saying something about like have you looked into what it would cost you to to bring gas into the house? House so that you could have like a nice gas stove. And I was like, well, that sounds awesome. But honestly, I think that there are so many other things I would rather put my money into than getting a gas stove. I don't even think
1: that's gonna stove. be legal soon.
0: Really? To bring, oh, yeah. Yeah.
1: New, new gas installations? I don't think so.
0: Yeah, it's true. That makes a lot of sense. Anyway, right.
1: okay. Can I tell you about my kitchen? God, please. Did, I just rattled on forever. No, no. I've got a picture in my mind now. Also, I've been there many times. Okay, so I have a small apartment kitchen um, how many square feet would you say, like, the floor area of my kitchen is? 20?
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I would say that. Yeah.
1: And so, like, along one wall is the uh, the range and the refrigerator and, a, you know, my prep counter space, which is really, like, just the width of my cutting board.
0: Yeah, it, it is truly, like... 18 inches by 18 inches.
1: Uh, Yeah, and I have, like, you know, probably, like, my my most prized kitchen possession besides my knife is my uh, IKEA cutting board that we got when we were, like, shopping for our first apartment in 1996. Uh And at the time, first of all, like, we weren't sure whether we should, like, splurge. And, and, like, we bought IKEA's most expensive cutting board, which was $20, the same price as my parents' uh, yard sale microwave. And it's, like, I don't know, 12 by 15 or, like, Ten by fifteen, maybe, mm-hmm. and uh, and like two inches thick butcher block. Mm-hmm. And at, I remember thinking at one point, like you know, maybe at some point I'll like I'll move up to like a you know one of those fancy like like booze block like mm-hmm. like uh, cutting boards. they realized no, like this one is going to easily outlast me, it's, mm-hmm. and there is no reason for me to ever replace it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so behind the cutting board, there are my two crocks of like spatulas and spoons and stuff. Mm-hmm. Over on to the right of the stove, there is the toast. It's a two-slot toaster. And in front of the toaster are two mugs full of measuring spoons and uh, silverware for cooking. I love having a mug full of just regular... Regular like cheap silverware for tasting, uh, for tasting and, and yeah. forking and stuff. Mm-hmm. If you turn around, then uh, there's the sink. Uh, to the right of the sink is the uh, the cabinet that we call the root cellar that has like a little more um, space on top where we keep like tea and stuff.
0: And that's the the root cellar is like a wooden cabinet that you have added. Like some yes. people might call it like a small sideboard or something mm-hmm. like that. And and it was not originally part of the like built-in aspect right. of the kitchen.
1: Um, and that that gets like stuff that's stored in. The the cabinet, which is facing like away from the kitchen is like technically really outside of the kitchen, like tea and cocoa, crackers, dry, dry, dry goods. Yeah. To the left of the sink is the dishwasher. You cannot have the dishwasher and the fridge open at the same time. Mm-hmm. The microwave is on the counter to the left of the sink, above mm-hmm. the dishwasher. And at the end of the kitchen, if you're if you're walking straight in, there's a grid on the wall that I mounted when we first moved in. It is crooked by several degrees, and uh, it's got like pot, some pots and uh, what else is hanging from there? Really, peeler, that, uh, yeah, rice washing tongs, sieve, tongs, that sort of thing.
0: A really valuable storage space. Yes. It's so interesting because it makes me realize I feel like your kitchen, it just, it's so clear. Well, I think both of our kitchens, it's so clear that we have like well-worn patterns or oh, yeah. patterns of movement through the kitchen. And I can't imagine, you know, there there are... So many schools of thought where, like, somebody will move into a new place and they will, like, redo the kitchen. Sure. Or whatever. Before but you don't they even know move yet. In. But you right? don't even know yet, like, how you're going to move through it.
1: Yeah. Like, like I know I'm going to move through it with, with uh, like, an insane level of grace. grace. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. But, you know, like, it would have never, like, my dishwasher, similar to yours, you cannot, so when I have my dishwasher open, you cannot access Any of the cabinets that have glasses or plates or any of the dry goods or Tupperware in the kitchen when the dishwasher is
1: open. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Um, But really, truly, we only put the dishwasher there because that's where it was before. Like everything else that's in the kitchen has kind of evolved over the 12 years now that we've been in the house. And we've placed things where they are because it made sense for where we tended to work. Yeah, it's interesting. You mention your cutting board. So I remember when Brandon and I got married, we registered for like a booze cutting board. Yeah. And I still have it. Mm -hmm. And I never use it because it's really big and unwieldy. Right. And instead, I have like a couple small cutting boards, you know, maybe like eight by 12. Yeah. That are really great for pulling out to like, you know, cut a couple onions. But what I use mostly is the like super janky cutting board that came like embedded in the counter. And yeah. when, when Brandon and I moved in, we were kind of skeeved out by it because you could see like somebody's old crumbs like between the formica <laughs> and the this like yep. butcher block. And I remember he pulled it out when his dad was visiting and like sanded it down and we oiled it and stuff. And 12 years later, I cut everything except meats and like smelly things like garlic and onion on it. And I just I can't imagine why I would need to buy a cutting board again.
1: Yeah couple other things in my kitchen. First of all, the uh, appliances are all whatever the cheapest thing your apartment manager gets at the apartment manager store. Mm -hmm. So like a (laughs) GE, like bottom of the line range, Mm -hmm. Uh, like the cheapest dishwasher, the white refrigerator with no features. Um, I, and they they all are fine.
0: We had, uh, until maybe three or four years ago, we had the fridge that came with the house, which I think was from the 80s. And it was like a two-thirds size refrigerator. Mm-hmm. It was really small. Yeah. And we we replaced it when it died with a white box refrigerator. Yep. And... I have to say it's fine. Like I don't, I don't need I I don't a, need like a
1: water and ice dispenser that will definitely break immediately.
0: Yeah, I, yeah, I, I just don't. So it's, it's really interesting noticing um, what matters to me and what doesn't. Yep.
1: Outside my kitchen is an Ivar shelf unit from Ikea that has like salad bowls, spices, small appliances like the mixer and food processor, liquor- Rice and other dry goods that didn't fit in the root cellar, and then on the bottom, uh, baking pans.
0: And so that is all open shelving. All
1: open shelving, yeah. And that and kind, of, kind of, a, of a mess. And
0: that kind of extends into your like dining room yes. area. Yeah. yeah. And so, would you say that your kitchen and your dining area are are one room, or do they you are, consider they them are separate? One. Rooms? Yeah,
1: it's a kitchen diner. Okay. Um, And uh, there's like a little breakfast bar in between, like hanging off the back of the sink, but like you would never like sit and eat breakfast there because like the sink's splashes onto there and it's very small
0: well and the other thing is if you do that then you lose the counter space where you currently have the microwave and stuff like that so you lose valuable counter space when we moved into the house there was a wall that separated there was so there was like the kitchen which was very small maybe more like the size of yours Mm -hmm. and then there was uh, clearly like a breakfast nook with a light that clearly (laughs) was designed to hang over like a round breakfast table Clear nook. And then there was a wall and then a dining room. Brandon and I knocked out that wall. So now the the house has a very like open floor plan. But we don't really have... Uh, I, I feel like our dining room is... Pa- it's all part of the kitchen, yeah. sort
1: of. I know what you mean.
0: Yeah. And I like that because I feel like... Well, I don't think I really know anybody these days who doesn't have a place to eat in their kitchen.
1: Yeah, that's funny. Like when I think about one of our first apartments, like our our first apartment in Seattle had a very unusual kitchen that was really like a hallway with some kitchen stuff in it. Mm -hmm. Um, But then our second one, the kitchen was really a separate room from the dining room. And Mm -hmm. it was kind of weird.
0: Maybe I I can picture in a more... More like urban, uh, older apartment building, more like a, a like a galley style kitchen. And certainly you wouldn't have a table in there, probably.
1: Yeah, galley.
0: Ophthalmologist Dr. Strauss has seen firsthand how the metaverse is helping surgeons practice the procedures to treat cataracts. So, Matthew, let's talk a little bit yeah. about the pantry aspect let's of it. Let's do it. it. Like, let's, let's start with knives and pots and pans. You go first.
1: Okay. I have uh, really just two knives that I use, like, every day. One is a, uh, like, a nine-inch Japanese chef's knife. And uh, the other is, like, a four-inch Japanese chicken knife that I use as, like, a general small utility knife that's very chunky and fun to use.
0: Mm-hmm. I also have two. I have a nine-inch Japanese santoku Mm -hmm. and then I would say it's a cross between this Japanese utility knife that I have that's maybe seven inches and the little like German breakfast knife Mm -hmm. that I know I mentioned on our yeah anyway those are my big ones and um,
1: I also I also have like a you know a carving knife with a really ornate handle and one of those like loops hanging off off the end but I use that mostly for uh, stabbings like in uh, uh, old timey detective stories
0: yes okay What about Um,
1: pots and pans? Pots and uh, pans—it's—it's a real mix. I mean, I guess I would be—I would be kind of suspicious if I went into someone's kitchen and all their pots and pans matched, because I would assume that would mean they never cook. (laughs) Right,
0: or either that, or they like really went hard on like the wedding registry.
1: I guess so. Yeah, like recent, recently married, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I got like uh, you know a couple, couple of all clads from back when I worked at Sir Latov and got a discount. Just of like you know a couple of random non-stick pans and uh, like I don't know like like. Having like great pots and pans really isn't important to me.
0: I do like having heavy ones, but what that yeah. what that means is it is you know really varies because you can also get pretty heavy pots and pans that are designed for restaurants. Right. That you know you just you wouldn't find at like a Sur La Table or a Williams right. Sonoma or even at Target. So I have a mixture of pans that are designed for restaurants. Um, I don't even know what the brands would be, but truly my MVP is, uh, I don't even know if it's two and a half or three quarts, but it is a copper pan that my dad bought. He bought like a set of them at an estate sale years ago. I mean, my dad has been gone for 20 years. So this pan, you know, has been been around for some time. I think that there were three of them in all uh, of different sizes. I have the largest one. My mom, I think, has the middle one. And then the smallest one was kind of useless. But anyway. But where
1: do you think it is now?
0: uh, In heaven. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, I don't have a lid that matches it. Mm -hmm. I have just like a restaurant grade lid that's even like designed for like a 10 inch pan. And this is smaller in diameter than that. But it's really nice and heavy. I never polish the copper. It's beautifully heavy. It heats really evenly. I use it for cooking rice because I just don't tend to use a rice cooker. I use it for cooking rice. My spouse uses it for cooking ramen. I use it for heating up soups when I want it, when I have like enough for two people and I want it to heat up fast. Like Mm -hmm. I need a little more surface area than like a one quart.
1: Yeah. I get Uh, it.
0: Anyway, it is my number one and it's a really nice pan. But again, like it's something that like my dad bought at an estate sale and it doesn't match anything else I have and it has no lid and I love it.
1: Yeah, I do think, did you say it's like a three-quart-ish size? Yeah. Yeah, that is certainly, I have two uh saucepans like that and those are definitely my most used pans.
0: Yeah, and then I would say I always have to have one cast iron skillet. Oh
1: yeah, I have three.
0: I have three as well, but I really, I like a nine inch.
1: I like a 10 inch.
0: Oh, sorry, that's what I mean, a 10 inch. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Uh, I like my 10 inch. And then, yeah, you um, do. And then I have a Le Creuset Dutch Oven.
1: <laughs> can, can I retract
0: that? Uh, Le Creuset Dutch Oven, five and a half quart. Oh, I
1: have a Le Creuset Dutch Oven, too. That
0: is absolutely... Whatever
1: you say now, I'm going to say I have that,
0: too. That is absolutely perfect for all uh, soups and stews. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've also done, like, roasted rhubarb and stuff like that in it. It's, it's just
1: perfect. I made beef, beef bourguignon in mine last week.
0: I love having these... Like mismatched pans that all have quite a bit of patina, it delights yeah, me. Yeah, me too. Yeah.
1: How about uh, what uh, what cooking stuff goes on the counter and what's in the cupboard? Oh, this is important. Can yes, I go first? Please.
0: Okay. So next to my stove, I always have a little ceramic crock of diamond crystal kosher salt. Mm-hmm. That is always out and accessible at room temperature. There is always a jar of homemade vinaigrette uh, like oh, behind the cutting board. And that always stays out as wow. well
1: Okay, because it
0: keeps indefinitely. And I definitely will not eat salad if I don't have vinaigrette that's made interesting okay i I like that i just won't do it then other things that sit out are like there's always a jar of raisins because my spouse likes them there's always a jar of uh, raw almonds because Mm -hmm. i like them there's always a jar of jasmine rice always a jar of this hot chocolate mix that i started making because i learned about it on smitten kitchen okay I think she calls it like decadent hot cocoa mix or something.
1: It's interesting to me that all this stuff is out. I realized like how, much, out. how much stuff I don't have like out and have to like get out of somewhere.
0: Well, I have a lot more counter space than that's you That's true. I have a lot more counter space. Uh, one other thing that's always out is granola. Mm-hmm. And then a bowl of onions and garlic. Can I say what's tucked away, please? But but easily within reach is always. I mean, if you're
1: willing to to reveal that to our okay. listeners, okay. What's tucked away? Tucked away.
0: Uh, so underneath the stove is a cabinet where I keep olive oil, vegetable oil, peanut oil, and all of my vinegars, as well as soy sauce. And I also keep cereal there mm-hmm. because our, the shelves in our cabinets are not the right height for a box of cereal. Great!
1: What's Gilbert's um, favorite cereal?
0: Oh, the other thing that is always out is a butter dish that I bought on the first trip you and I took to Tokyo <gasps> together, Matthew. Oh, did you get
1: it at that at that one store? It was all Kapobashi white stuff. Dori with all white stuff. Yeah. Yeah. I have, yeah. I have my uh, oven mitt that I or not oven yeah, mitt, but a uh, pot holder bear. with a little bear that says, "I am a bear. Why do you not go out with me?" Yeah.
0: Yeah, that butter dish always sits out and always has salted butter in it. Awesome. And then unsalted butter stays in the fridge.
1: Okay. Yeah, I can I can visualize all of this in your in your kitsch. Yeah. I so like I've got a pepper grinder and a little crate and barrel salt box with like a lid that you sort of uh how's how, like flip. It's not flip, but like how would you describe my salt box?
0: It's like it it's like the lid like pivots like it's, yeah. on It's attached only at one point on the circular lid, and so you can kind of spin it on itself. Yeah, honestly,
1: it is not a good design. I don't know why we've used it for so long. The lid tends to fall off sometimes, and if you drop it, it definitely falls off, so it's not protecting against spills. Uh, so probably we should get a new salt container at some useful. point, but it, it works fine. It's
0: useful to have a lid. I mean, yeah. I feel like I go through so much kosher salt yeah. and it's in a place where if it didn't have a lid, it would get splattered on.
1: Right. Yeah. And and mine also contains uh, diamond crystal kosher salt, like beyond salt and pepper, like There, there isn't a lot that's really like right within reach. There's, there's olive oil right
0: within reach. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I keep it on the on the
1: table. Yeah. There's there's uh, olive oil and like a little squeeze bottle of vegetable oil above the stove, which I know is not the best place to keep those things, but I go through it so fast, it's fine. Yeah. I keep the big bottle of vegetable oil in the fridge. Because one time I had a bottle of vegetable oil go, like, disgustingly rancid, and I've been scared ever since.
0: Oh, that's a good point. I don't
1: recommend this.
0: Yeah, no, no. And I used to keep my peanut oil in the fridge, and then I... But
1: it it freezes. I know,
0: it freezes, and plus I go through it pretty fast. Mm -hmm. I feel like I go through olive oil and peanut oil pretty darn fast, and so I'm not worried about those. I mean... Yeah, I'm just not worried about them.
1: Yeah, but for other stuff, like, you know, I, I do a lot of Asian cooking and I have a lot of uh, sauces and condiments that live on the IKEA shelving unit. And so I'll, like, come around, get the stuff I need for this recipe, put it on the root cellar and use it and then put it back when I'm done cooking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But, yeah, like, p- stuff stuff is, like, kind of mostly put away just because the kitchen doesn't have much space.
0: Yeah, yeah. Do you have an organization for your I mean, do you have a like a, a, a method for how you organize your spices here on this shelf?
1: We did. We did a spice organization episode, but I don't I think there there is no more method to my madness today than there was then, which is just that, like, it's kind of all out there. <laughs>
0: Okay. And because you are the primary cook in your house, you probably remember roughly where things are.
1: Yeah. Although, like, you know, Watson is the primary baker and uses, like, the baking spices pretty regularly. And, uh, like, I don't think she has a system really either. They're just kind of, you, you kind of, you often have to, like, go through looking for, like, which one was the cayenne? Where mm-hmm. was that? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if, if that's the worst problem we have in our home, God, good for us. Great. Um, you know, Dingoes I, would would probably be the worst problem we have, but but the spice thing is number two.
0: I will say the other thing that is always out on my counter is a compost container.
1: Ours is under the sink. Okay,
0: yeah, I, we keep ours on the counter. It's like next to the sink, which it's it's roughly between the sink and where I do all of my like chopping and things like that. And I do like having it out.
1: Yeah, like I, I need to like rethink my approach here because like when I was making uh, beef, pork, and yom, which was actually yesterday, um, I took the compost thing out and just like put it on an, <laughs> a cold burner on the stove, which I know is a dangerous game, and just had it out so I could toss stuff in it and not have to keep going under the sink. But I never, I never do like a garbage bowl, and I don't know why.
0: I don't, I don't either. I but guess that's because I... you
1: have yours on the counter.
0: Yeah. No, I mean, I will say that maybe part of the reason that I don't feel more irritation with the sort of uh, janky, semi-functional appliances and kitchen situation that I have is that I have so much counter space. Yeah. So yeah, that is pretty great. It is very rare that I feel that I don't have the space to comfortably cook whatever i'm cooking
1: yeah but i mean i don't feel that way either even though i have very little counter space like when i when i've cooked in a kitchen with more counter space i find i tend to like make more of a mess and like go longer distances to get things Mm. not that i wouldn't Mm -hmm. get used to it and figure out a system but like when i find myself in that situation i don't make good use of the space that makes sense because i don't have practice and uh because i i'm easily confused and disoriented even though I move, I move with surprising grace and, and an erotic flair.
0: You do. You know, I have one question that listener Tom didn't pose, which oh. is, so I've noticed that your sink, which is, you know, on this counter that sort mm-hmm. of juts out between the kitchen and your dining area. Yeah,
1: it's a it's a judder.
0: Uh, <laughs> it roughly faces a window, basically, because mm-hmm. there's a window in your your dining area. When you're washing dishes, are you the kind of person who likes to look out the window, or like what do you what do you think about, or like what do you do when you're washing dishes?
1: I usually listen to a podcast. Okay. Do I look out the window? That's a good question. I mean, the window's like a little bit far away. It is. You know, it's like it's like eight feet from the sink, maybe rather than like right in front of it, mm-hmm. and like that. So, like you know, if something's going on outside, like a like a street fight, or or like. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> a pack of pack of wild dogs is tearing up and down the street, or like a like a someone built a really big ugly snowman. Then I'll look out the window, but mostly just for those three things.
0: Mm-hmm. In my my previous apartment, uh, not the apartment I described at the beginning of the show, but the one I had immediately
1: before. That this one house, I do remember.
0: That one had a kitchen. It, it had a sink that faced a wall. Mm -hmm. And I do have to say, yeah, that that was a bummer. Yeah, that was a real bummer. My kitchen now, so I've got, you know, this restaurant stainless sink, and it's got this backsplash that partially blocks the window Mm -hmm. behind it. But I think I do really appreciate having a window that I can sort of look out or just uh i feel like it makes dishwashing feel less oh yeah absolutely sure
1: now staring staring into a wall it's like it's like having to like stare into your own soul it is (laughs) and i don't know about your soul but mine is gross (laughs) (laughs) you don't want to look into there it's crusty
0: (sighs) anyway yeah so i should also say my kitchen is on the second floor of my house oh yeah Because my house, like, you enter on the second floor, Right, it's literally
1: the opposite of the dungeon.
0: It is. It is. It's really weird now that I think about it. Yeah, I don't think about it often, but it is weird. I I fully, like, all the living space of my house is really on the second floor. And so it's really, I feel like I'm in a little tree house sometimes when I'm washing the dishes because there's a tree out there. It's sort of like rangy and gnarly, but we've left it that like way. Like my soul. Because the, the birds like it. Mm-hmm. The birds like your soul too. Yeah. Um
1: they they built a little birdhouse in my soul. Well, like in the <laughs> they might be giants song.
0: Well, maybe. Anyway, okay, Matthew, do we have anything else to say?
1: No, I think I think that gives the burglars enough, don't you? I think so too. I think like, so too. If you if you didn't consider yourself like hot to burgle before this episode, <laughs> wow. like, you should be ready to go now.
0: Yeah. Okay. All right, Matthew, listen, I've got a now, but wow.
1: I'd love to hear about it.
0: Back in November on my newsletter, I requested some podcast episode recommendations, like specific
1: episodes. Mm-hmm. Smart. But yeah, because imagine if someone recommended, like, listen to Spilled Milk and you look at like 567 uh, episodes, like, fuck this. Or
0: like, listen to This American Life. <laughs> uh, anyway, but that said, somebody, you know, there are so many, uh, I would say increasingly there are like limited series
1: podcasts, yeah.
0: right? You know, like Serial, of course, was the original. What, what
1: everyone wishes our show was. That's right.
0: Anyway. Dire um, Desires. So this was a recommendation, uh, not for a single episode, but for a like limited series for a podcast called Death of an Artist. And it is an exploration of the death of this Cuban American, like uh, was a real up-and-coming artist at the time of her death. Her name was Ana Mendieta. I bet a lot of our listeners have probably heard of her or heard of this podcast, but it really, many people believe and have reason to believe that her husband, who was also an artist, a more sort of established artist, Carl Andre, was involved in her death. Mm -hmm. So this podcast is basically a true crime podcast, but of course it has a lot more going on with it. I mean, it gets into a lot of questions about like, can we still, and I know that this is a topic I've mentioned other times in, in Now But Wow's. But, you know, how do we deal with the art of people who are m- like malignant assholes mm-hmm. or people who may or may not be murderers? Right. And also, it's, it's always interesting to think about, like, what happens to someone's art after they die? Like, so often they get they be sort of become like sainted, you know? Oh, yeah. So anyway, I find this podcast really compelling. To tell you the truth, I'm only about halfway through the episodes. But it both pushes the true crime button and the kind of like interesting philosophical question buttons. And it's it's really well done. So that's the death of an artist podcast. And you can find it wherever you find podcasts.
1: All right. Our producer is Abby Circatella. Please rate and review us wherever you get your podcast.
0: If you want to chat with other Spilled Milk listeners, you can do that at our Reddit.
1: That's milk.reddit.com. and I bet uh, I bet people there have started a thread already maybe about this this episode where people are, are sharing like enough details about their kitchens to keep the burglars in business for years. Uh, you know, I would also
0: be really interested to hear about you know you you seemed strangely intrigued by the thought that I always keep a jar of vinaigrette out on my counter. Oh yeah. I'm interested in things that people feel are necessities, like necessity pantry or or kitchen items, not so much gadgets, but like what do you always keep out that maybe other people don't and
1: why? And yeah, I want to, I want to know like you can put, put this on the Reddit or contact at spilled Like, did you think that vinaigrette thing was kind of (laughs) weird? (laughs) <laughs> like, I mean, it's a good idea, but like it's it still feels weird to me. I
0: think I got the idea from my dad because he always made homemade vinaigrette and he always had it in like a little mason jar on the counter.
1: All right. Cool. Ready to roll. Yeah. He was a vinaigrette man, an dive man, a veteran of Altoids. He,
0: he was a, a roller of a vinaigrette. He was ready to roll.
1: He was. Yeah. He was, well, I
0: said, you got to have the vinaigrette out ready to roll. So he was he was rolling. He was a roller. Hi.
1: So, uh, until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. I'm Mayor McCheese. What? (laughs) Because you were talking about the Hamburglar.
0: Oh, was that this episode? Oh yeah, Yeah, it was. I think it was. I'm Ronald McDonald.
1: (laughs) Okay. You know that's funny. Like I don't think of Ronald McDonald as being like a guy who was in the McDonald Land universe, but of course he was. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Bye.